Hola. Hola. It's the mayor of Slamtown, Johnny Mundo, a.k.a. Johnny Impact, FKA, John Morrison, sometimes known as Johnny Gimmick Name, and you're listening to Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Yeah! Yeah, that's right. You're listening to Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Hope you guys are excited to listen to us. Are, are you guys excited to listen to us? Oh, man, it's, it's so bad that I have those now available. Another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, and uh, we're going to be going over a lot of stuff, uh, you know, wrestling, and uh, I just want to introduce my wonderful um, co-host who just ribbed me pretty well uh, because I lost my train of thought when I uh, opened up something from Chris. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. I'm just uh, I'm just sending you, you know, what Bubba Dudley's got going on on Twitter. I want you to know all about the tag team championship picture with Stacey Kabler from uh, early 2000s. You know, important. It's important we uh, remember these kind of things. What? 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 what, what, what? Uh, anyways, um, yeah, that was uh, that was fun. I forgot that existed. I love Stacey Kabler. Um, I'm not George Clooney, but I'm graying in my hair. So uh, if you like that, you know, just call the show. Actually, don't call the show. Never mind. What am I talking about? All right, well, let's go over a bunch of stuff for you guys tonight. Um, everything is on the fast lane to WrestleMania. Did you see what I did there? Yeah. So we're going to be yeah. going over a lot of stuff involving fast lane and WrestleMania. And, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll go around it and make some pit stops and shit like that. Uh, it might be dishonorable. Uh, I don't know. Oh, God. Uh, uh, maybe there will be a great impact. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we'll have time. Uh, I might go to the Home Depot. But with all those puns, uh, let's actually talk about something completely different. Chris, how did you like the Okada Will Osprey battle that just happened? Holy shit. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome considering um, I don't think that they had ever had a match together that wasn't maybe like one of the weird six-man tag matches. So it was, it was really interesting. Uh, I think the commentary was really well done, and there's just a ton of spots that I fucking love in that match. I think Will Ospreay did a great job of selling, and I think Okada did a good job of knowing when to turn off the gas and turn on the gas, and also uh, how to get the crowd against him, kind of give Okada, or not Okada, but Osprey that push, the, the face kind of push, and... Uh, Overall, it was a it was a really wonderful match. There was a bunch of spots I really liked the uh, the uh, back handspring into the spinning tombstone into the rainmaker at the end. I think was a fucking awesome finish. I, I've never seen him do that before, which was really cool. Um, the fact that Okada took his own rainmaker from you know Osprey was cool. There's there's a bunch of really really great spots in the match. And uh, overall, you know, I really enjoyed it. The only downside I thought personally was uh, the wrist locks at the beginning, the double wrist locks or the test of strength that they did. But, I mean, I get why they went there, but it uh, to me it just drug on a little bit too long. And then they finally kind of just floored it and really got going, and it was great. And then just watching Okada hit three of those, like, perfect frame-perfect drop kicks, uh, perfect German suplex towards the end of that match, one of the best elbow drops I've seen in a really, really long damn time. If you take, you know, Kerry Zane out of the picture, 
uh, he was just on his fucking game, and Will Osprey was on his game just going full out. It, it was wonderful to see those two actually have a match together. And 625-plus days Okada's been the champion, which is a record, and I don't see him dropping it soon. So it's going to be very interesting to see where they go for that, Who who's going to topple Okada, who's going to be the guy to, to defeat him finally. But uh, he's at 11 title defenses in – this match obviously doesn't count as a title defense, so if you factor in all the other matches he's had, you know, in the past two years, he's just had one hell of a fucking run. One hell of a fucking impressive run. I don't think he's had any three-star matches, even rated, you know, by Meltzer, except for some six-man tags and stuff, so it's just fucking nuts to think about what he's been able to accomplish. And then on the other side, you have Will Osprey, who I think has been incredible the past year. Um, that four-way match he had to win the title with uh, Marty Scroll and uh, I can't think of everyone's name right now that was in that match, but it, I mean that was fucking phenomenal. So it's just been it's been great to watch these two carry those titles. Uh, you know, Osprey obviously not as long, but I think he's doing one hell of a job. So it was great to see those two match up. I like the storyline they did to build into it, and uh, I also like that Gato kind of refused to pick a side and. and it wasn't at ringside. He was at the announcer table. And as always, I think Don Callis and uh, the guys on the commentating team, I think they did one hell of a job. I watched this kind of after, so I got the English commentary. Um, they did a great job of, of selling the match. So overall, man, it was a really, really, really uh, great match with kind of what I would consider a little bit of a slow start, but it, it made sense to where they built uh, later on. Absolutely. Um, everything that you said, I completely agree with. Uh, they did tell a great story in the ring. It, it looked like Okada, like like Don Callis was saying, and I agree with you, Don Callis and Kevin Kelly, great commentary team. Um, but Don Callis was painting this picture about how Okada must have been impressed with his fellow Chaos member, Will Ospreay, and just wanted to have a match with him. And you could tell, I mean, most of the time, yeah, Will Ospreay definitely had some comebacks and he did those cocky, arrogant things like saying, um, wrong again, like he normally does, and told him to fucking hit him, and then against the ropes, and then, of course, Okada just does a little slap thing, and then Wasprey slapped the shit out of him, like very defiant, but, you know, it was kind of like a master, or not master, but teacher-student type of situation. And at the end, I really liked the him, like uh, he was proud of him for, you know, performing so well. But, man, Wasprey, he definitely uh, did some stuff uh, – that would piss off your uh, your teacher, if you will, trying to, like, get him with his own move. But it's just they're so impressive. I, I love both of their selling. Um, uh, the Lucha Libre uh, just background that Will Ospreay has, uh, you know, learning from Don Callis that he learned from Ultimo Dragon at first and, you know, then went to Mexico after that. So he's definitely diverse when it comes to British strong style and, 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 uh, and Japan strong style and also Lucha Libre and American wrestling. He's probably just a very well-rounded wrestler. And I think that people always go for his high flying, but to me, his, the way he moves his body when he gets hit and making it look devastating mixed with someone as amazing Okada, you know, at the same time, they had a lot of great spots. I completely agree with you. I like chain wrestling. I have no problem with that. But the, the uh, you know, test your strain thing, especially when they started, like, going backwards and doing, like, the mirror-mirror shit, it just kind of got old. But everything else I thought was awesome. There was a lot of great spots in there. Um, 
trying to think. One of my favorite ones is when Okada went to the outside. So Will Ospreay was, you know, looking like he was going to run, but Okada got out of the way. Will Ospreay jumped off the ropes, did his little flip thing that him and Ricochet were known for doing. And then Okada just catches him in the corner of his eye. Okada does his drop kick and sends him launching into the other side. Like, stuff like that was really cool. A uh, lot of great transitions with, with uh, Tombstones. Uh, the guys are, both of those guys are just incredible. Uh, you know, Okada for how, he's probably about 34, 35, incredible in the ring. Will Ospreay has so much more potential. He's only 24. And they kind of made that comparison of Okada was young at one point, and look how much he gained in the time period. So, Will Ospreay has been one of my favorites for a while. I like seeing the junior heavyweight versus the heavyweight. That was a really cool concept. And um, I want to keep on seeing these guys continue. Uh, did you have any last statements before we move on, Chris? No, I mean, uh, if, you haven't, if you haven't seen it or checked it out, for anyone listening, there is a full version of it out on YouTube that should be pretty easy to find. If you just search, you know, uh, Okada versus Osprey, it should be like one of the first things to show up. So if you don't have it there, I would definitely check it out. It, it was a really, really fun match. And uh, if you're not familiar with Will Osprey, uh, we've talked about it on the show at this point multiple times, but... Uh, definitely, definitely check out that match. It's it's great. And then just once again, yep. like thinking back on the past two years, Okada's had, or you know, at least well, we've been doing the show for a full year. But even leading up to that, you know, he's had one hell of a fucking run. And it's just who are they going to have top of them? Is it going to be NATO? Is it going to be? Is it going to be your boy Kenny, Kenny Omega? It's just, Kenny. Kenny. Um, I think that's what it comes down to at this point because uh, eventually he's got to get toppled. I think, you know, now that he's got the record, longest title run, it makes sense that you could uh, take the belt off of him. But once again, I mean, he hasn't had a bad match. And the fans over there don't seem super upset when someone like Kenny Omega loses or when people lose to Okada, it's like, well, it's fucking Okada. It's kind of like the John Cena syndrome except without the negative reaction because they're at least getting to see <laughs> One hell of a match, which, you know, John Cena has gotten there, but during the reign where he was on top for so long, um, you know, a lot of people got sour to that. But uh, Okada, I mean, the fans, they love to get behind him and they love to hate him. He's kind of the perfect in between. And it was a great, it was a great match. I I loved it. Uh, It's not the best match I've ever seen or anything like that, but it's definitely a fun one. And it was way better than, all of the other wrestling that I consumed in the past week. So there's that. There you go. I mean, that's that's a pretty good uh, explanation of why you guys should go and watch the freaking match. God, get cultured with some wrestling. Say it all the time. Actually, you guys probably do do that, so I appreciate it. But since there might be some people that don't, we're going to go through Raw. We're going to go through SmackDown. We're going to do our predictions for Fastlane, and start talking about WrestleMania. And WrestleMania weekend, which will incorporate Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground. We're not going to go full detail because there's not a lot of details, especially for those two, um, as it is. We just know that we're, we're going to speculate, if you will. So we're going to run down Raw pretty quickly, SmackDown, interweave that with Fastlane. Now that you know the game plan, let's get that shit started. Sound good? It doesn't matter. Yeah, I should have put that right there. Anyways, um... Raw results. The show opened with a promo setting up Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus Stephanie McMahon and Triple H for Rousey's debut WWE match at WrestleMania. And um, I will just say that I really enjoyed this intro. The one 
beforehand where they had Stephanie get in her face and be all sarcastic. That kind of pissed me off. I wasn't as mad as Taz. If you haven't listened to that rant, that was pretty fucking funny. Find that on the internet, guys. Um, he was really mad about how they made Ronda. But he loved this. He's like, it's not that bad. You know, Taz gets very uh, flustered. You know, he's a very passionate guy and one of my favorite wrestlers. But anyways, I like how they did this. They finally are really showing that Rob's – I'm so glad she grabbed Stephanie and pulled her back in the ring. I don't know what the hell that is. Apparently it's a judo throw. Tommy Dreamer tried to give Ronda some uh, pointers on it. Uh, Thinking that's a Samoan job. That's what I thought it was, ladies and gentlemen. But she let him know that it's something completely different. Then someone told me that that doesn't even look like it's whatever. I have to say that she's still fucking learning. Tommy was worried about Ronda and the way that she was falling, not the way that she was handling Stephanie. So this is this is gonna be this is gonna be it. Um, we're gonna see this, and she's gonna progress. Yeah, she was a little bit off. Uh, because of that whole, like, drum roll thing to say Stephanie, she kind of was a little bit off on that. So I will criticize her based on that, but I just think that she's getting used to it. And now, because of how Kurt Angle was reacting and how intense he was and bringing back what happened at Survivor Series, I like that. And I, I'm i actually looking forward to seeing the two Olympic medalists. I, I think uh, she has it in silver for, for uh, judo. Obviously, we know Kurt Angle's a fucking Olympic gold medalist. He won it with a broken freaking neck. But... Either way, I'm looking forward to the match now. I think it's going to be fun. And I'm thinking, Chris, what they could do, just a little suggestion, um, especially if they don't put the belt on Shayna Baszler, just eventually, maybe if they keep on this whole, like, Ronda versus the authority thing, if they're going to do that, it would be cool to see Shayna pulled up and she becomes like a Samoa Joe type of concept. And it's like, sorry, we're friends, but they're paying me more. And, like, putting the two of them against each other, I think, obviously, they'd have a lot of chemistry since they're very similar movesets, and they train together. I don't know, but uh, how did you like this whole intro? Uh, I thought it was fine. I wasn't as high on it as, I guess, some other people, and I wasn't as down on it as some other people. I was kind of in between. Uh, I I think more of my disdain for this being Ronda's first match is probably going to be at WrestleMania is really just not settling well with me. I hope that she gets some matches beforehand. I do like that they came out and said, hey, Ronda Rousey is going, she like, she's came out and said, I'm going to be at every Raw up until WrestleMania, which I think is great. I think a thing that's hindering her is people look at like Brock Lesnar coming back from the UFC and forget that, you know, Lesnar did it beforehand. Like he was a wrestler beforehand. Ronda is learning everything about the business kind of on the fly to build to this big event. I think she's doing well with what uh, she's been given. Um, I would say if you're going to have her do some moves, try to keep it simple until they feel like she's up to speed. I think the one thing they can do with Ronda Rousey is definitely have a moment where she puts a hold on Triple H. Don't just try to do woman versus woman, man versus man, which is what you know WWE does with their intergender matches or just like you know their. Uh, the intergender tag matches they've done, it's always an immediate tag out. It would be awesome to see Ronda go after Triple H, even if it's just for a brief second, catching him with an arm bar or something. Um, but I think she did better on the mic. I think she's she's getting there. I, I still think that she's a... Okay. Um, That is so strange. Yeah, 
That was weird. Right. Can you hear me? Yeah, we just bo- we both got dropped. It was so weird. I got a random phone call from a number, an eight one five number, and then everything shut down. I have no clue what the hell happened. My phone's on silent. Anyways, sorry about that, guys. Uh, I guess uh, some weird technical issues, uh, fun stuff. But anyways, Chris, I don't know where you left off. Um, we were talking about the whole Stephanie thing. If you want to kind of like finish up on that. Well, I, I jumped back. I, I jumped back in as soon as I called uh, back. But uh, basically, all I was saying is I, I like I like that Ronda has came out and said she was going to be you know wrestling every week or going to be on the show at least every week leading up to Mania. And then I also liked that, uh, you know, she seems like she's getting a little more comfortable on the mic. Obviously, there's some easier things they can give her uh, to do in the ring. I would say take a page, you know, something simple like a, you know, not a rainmaker, but like just a big brutal clothesline. Just give her some easy stuff that looks good um, off the bat and go from there. And then the one thing I was saying at WrestleMania, I want to see her, you know, go after Triple H. Don't just focus on Stephanie. It would be great to see her and Triple H have some interaction to kind of, you know, assert her as, like, someone that's not scared to take on anyone. Um, I still wish they would have pinned her with Paul Heyman. I know that's kind of the obvious thing, but uh, I don't think she's there on the mic yet. She didn't, you know, she she's not down there getting training like a lot of the other talent was. She didn't have to go through NXT. Uh, but I think she's doing good, and I think a lot of it's still emotional for her. It seems like she really loves wrestling. That's where she wants to be. So it's cool, and I'm looking forward to the Mania match. I Like I said, I it's just weird because I kind of wish they were doing something else with her. Um, but, yeah. No, I agree. Um, one thing I do like is the fact that, I mean, after a year, just like Mick Foley of watching just, you know, Kurt Angle get smacked around and shit, I'm glad that he switched gears. It just kind of sucks because, I feel like he's going to be done after many anyways. They're probably going to find someone else and then go from there, which just a waste. Don't you agree? I definitely think they could have done more with him. I think they haven't really done the payoff for Jason Jordan's character. I don't know where they're going to go for him. If he's gone, if, if Kurt's gone after mania, then you get no resolution to that story that I think they could have done. True. I think could have elevated him to a heel stature of, you know, turning on his dad or, or going the, the route of like, hey, I, you, you're not actually my dad. I just made all that shit up or whatever they wherever they were originally planning to go with that. Um, so hopefully they still finish that out before he's gone. Uh, but I agree with you. They, I mean, with the managers, it seems like they try to get, you know, someone in now. I don't know who they would bring in. Someone like Stone Cold might be good for just a GM role again, or uh, maybe like Christian or Edge. Love that. I think that would kind of. Or Christian in Edge is like a co co team. Oh but, God. Uh, I think there's some fun stuff he can do. I just, you know, the GM angle to me is kind of dead. Uh, they, they played it in the yep. ground. Same thing with the, the the corporation type angle or the authority angle. I think they they've kind of ran that into the ground. I would almost like them to hire someone like Jack Tunney, where you have like a president who makes dumb decisions, but he has like, he was never a previous wrestler. Like come up with like a, you know, a decent actor or something and to have him play like a CEO role. And hey, make it official on my website. Uh, not Laurenitis. Cause he's also wrestler. <laughs> I'm just like some random guy. That's an actor, an old guy make him like Jack Tunney and do like the president Jack Tunney thing. Uh, I think that would be kind of cool, but if they're if they if they absolutely are set on having a general manager, uh, 
but yeah, I, I don't know that having the celebrity general manager every year and then there's not really a payoff doesn't really do anything for me. But it is cool to see. Uh, I'm sure that you know Kurt Angle WrestleMania, he's going to go all out, uh, whether they want him to or not. I think he's going to be doing a lot more than he's done in these other matches he's been a part of. Yeah, I just hate the he came from wrestling right before coming to the WWE, and it's like now if we're going to sideline you and use you for two things and then kind of have a bunch of stupid shit in between and take away the qualities of your character and, and just, you know, script you the whole entire time. It's whatever. We'll see how it plays out. Maybe there'll be a payoff. Probably not. Uh, all right. So one, this first match between Oscar and Ijax, I really enjoyed it. I always get nervous that Ijax is going to dominate her. And for the most part at the beginning, she was, but I like the story that he told because finally Oscar was able to, you know, get that hold on Naya, and I thought Naya sold it really well, and I like their transitions for uh, submission points, like, you know, MMA style, basically. They made it look very, very realistic, I think, at least, and convincing, and Naya held on for as long as she could do, and finally, she tapped to Asuka. I thought it made both women look extremely strong. I don't know what they're going to do in the future, but I have an idea of, of, of how this is going to play out for Mania. I could be completely wrong, though. Um, but I, I also, I, I just think that the follow-up, you know, with Alexa Bliss talking to Nia later on and pulling that, that heel promo, I really feel like, you know, it's going to be Nia versus Alexa at Mania. And what I mean by that, because everyone's going to scream Asuka, I still think Asuka's going to go and try to challenge Charlotte right after Fastlane, just show up and say, I actually wanted you. And then they're going to build up on Raw. They're going to say, oh, shit and kind of like build up somehow Nia wins and goes after Alexa Bliss because they definitely painted her as a baby face at the end of that. Either way, the performance of the ring, I really enjoyed. I thought they told a pretty damn good story and, you know, made them both look like monsters, which I think that's the point. Chris, how did you feel? I think you hit on pretty much everything that I had to say about the match. I mean, I, I think that they – Nia surprisingly has really good chemistry with Asuka, which I can't say about most of the opponents she faces, and I don't know if that's that damn good, which she's really, really, really phenomenal. Um, but they work really well together, and I, I thought they told, you know, the story that they were trying to tell. I think it's good that Asuka got a win by, you know, submission instead of a roll-up. I think it makes her look strong. I don't think it makes Nia, you know, Nia took most of the match, so she still looks like a dominant force. Uh, and, and what you're saying about the WrestleMania thing, that's what I think everyone is clamoring for is Charlotte versus Asuka. And I think that's kind of where the money's at. So we'll see what they do with that. But uh, it's just, you know, the way to get there originally was to have Asuka lose her title shot in some method. And if they're going to go undefeated versus undefeated, then, or undefeated, you know, Asuka versus Charlotte, it's going to be... I don't, I don't know how they get there. Is I feel like you have to have Oscar lose to really get there in the way that would make sense. Uh, but I guess her just dominating, like maybe just beating Alexa Bliss in a singles match and injuring her or something with the lead up of WrestleMania where she's like, she's not even worthy of me going after Charlotte. I guess she could do something like that. Well, that's the thing is like, I feel like it would be hard for her to, I mean, it's hard for Oscar to cut a promo but if she can get across, come up Vaseline after Charlotte barely wins, you know, and she's all battered and saying, I want you, 
I've already beaten everyone on Raw, including Alexa Bliss, because she did beat her um, in a match, she's not for the title. You know, she's beaten Nia Jax now twice. She's beaten Bailey. She's beaten Sasha. She's literally beaten every good person on there. I want the best. And that's kind of like how that progresses. It'd be a short amount of time, but it's WWE, so what do you expect? But I think that they can get that grooving in. And now they've built a lot with the Nia Jax, um, you know, Alexa story. And also, we're probably going to also get Bailey and um, Sasha, which we know they can do a great job, probably on the pre-show, but still, that would be an awesome match. But I'm thinking that might be the way it's, it's – it, it probably won't. They'll probably have something completely different. Maybe Ruby Riot will, have, will win the title, and then Charlotte will have her comeback match at Mania. So the, and I like Ruby Riot, but I would hate that. I think there is something that really cool they would do with Asuka, which they wouldn't do. I, I, I don't see them doing is where she denies to wrestle at WrestleMania against anyone but Charlotte. And she creates her own title yep. bill to Berta Taz, like a fuck Ooh. the world title bill, which would be a really cool angle where she's like, no one's beat me. How are these people champions? And then she just comes out with her own fucking title bill and just fights everyone on both brands, which would be fucking amazing leading up to WrestleMania. And then you just do like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you would do it, but you could definitely have like a title versus title with Charlotte if you wanted to or something crazy like that. I think that would work. It'd be really interesting and kind of hard to do with such a short amount of time. I think they could have done that right the off the bat. The undefeated title. Because, I mean, her undefeated streak means more than those titles at this point. Yeah, uh, definitely in essence. I don't know. They're both they're both up there, but I do agree with you on that. That that is cool concept. I think maybe she should call uh, John Cena and see how she can become a free agent. Maybe you have to put a little more time in. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the bar defeated the revival next. Uh, Cesaro pinned Scott Dawson after the neutralizer. All right. So apparently the bar is going to be going against someone at Mania that is not a part of the roster right now, and it might be a combination of two stars. Some are thinking that maybe the ultimate deletion happens pre-Mania. And this could be the Hardy Boys or even Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt against them for the titles. That could all be bullshit. It could be a call-up from NXT. But what the fuck are they going to do with the revival in the bar? And who do you think, Chris, is going to be going against the bar at Mania? And do you even care? I love the matches, but I just don't care anymore. I think you could get a multi-man match and then have someone like Sanity come up and pull them up that way to be part of the match. And I like that. Titles on I think that would be interesting. Uh, honestly, I think it's going to be the bar. Yeah. Or, yeah, just, yeah, that would be cool too. I mean, I think you could do something with an XT and make it a four-way tag match for the titles against the bar. Because I feel like Sheamus needs that surgery. So I think they're dropping the titles at Mania. It's just to who. And that I don't have an answer to. Uh, but we'll see, man. I mean, I don't know. That's... Like I said before, the Raw Tag Team Division is so narrow, it kind of seems like it's going to be the Revival, Anderson and Gallows versus The Bar, and maybe they do another uh, ladders match for the title or something. See, I like that. I I hope it is a call-up like that instead of some of the other scenarios I'm hearing in my ear. And that would be kind of a fun thing. I don't know if I'd do a table, or not table, but a ladder, just because I feel like the IC belt could be you know, done like that between Miz, um, Finn Balor, and uh, Seth Rollins, if they're going to go that way. But who knows? It just seems like it's too much like last year if they go that route. And, yeah, you're right. If if that's going to happen, Sheamus is going to take a break and go get himself figured out. 
Cesaro needs a tag partner, man. His old tag partner is not doing much in uh, NXT. Uh, Cassie Zono, a.k.a. Chris Hero. So they're a pretty fucking good tag team. Just saying. I'm helping you guys out, WWE, whatever. Anyways, all right. So the next part was one of the most bizarre, underlined bizarre moments on Raw that I've seen recently. John Cena comes out. He cuts a promo. He's basically like, I'm SmackDown! Backlash! 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 And then tells AJ that if he loses, he should, like, you know, revoke his... But like I said, he's throwing off the set right now is what I th- I hope he's doing. Uh, but then Goldust comes out. And somehow Goldust, I guess because he got electrocuted way back in the day by uh, Randy Orton and Ric Flair. I don't know. But, uh, you know, Dustin thinks that if he were to beat John Cena, he can make it to Mania. And... Um, he then proceeds to smack Cena, John, but John Cena and him have a match. John Cena defeated him. Cena, you know, beat him with the attitude adjustment, basically. It was, it was so pointless. I feel bad for Goldie. It seems like they had some stuff for him to do, and they never did it. And, you know, seeing someone, I feel like they should treat Goldust to the same regard to some extent that they treat Kane and the big show. Dustin's been there longer, you know, and he, I don't know. It's just like he's never, when he first started is when people were, creeped out by him, but also he had his biggest push. And then it's like as soon as he had that match at Mania, which, which I love the match, it's probably one of the only matches that's ever worked in that type of format with uh, Roddy Roddy Piper um, mimicking the whole O.J. Simpson thing. They've just kind of – he's always been this weird guy to the side, and he dresses up, and I don't know. I, I just thought that was a very strange segment and match. Uh, how did you feel about it, Chris? Uh, I mean, it was just to give John Cena a flop win over someone that wasn't super important, and they already had the Misturage scheduled to do something else, so it's one of those weird things. It was weird <laughs> for Dolta. Uh But, I mean, it's, who else do you give John Cena a win on? I mean, maybe he beats up, like, three 205 Live guys. Do you really want to do that? Like Rhino's not doing anything, but I, I feel bad for Rhino. Well, Rhino and Heath Slater have been jobbing every week for the past, you know, month or so. Oh, yeah. To Bray Wyatt, so I, you know, I think Gold Dust was just doing what was asked of him, and it was fine. It, it just, you know, it was a squash match. Um, I don't know. I think you could have brought like James Ellsworth back for like a one spot here or something. It's like everyone crapped on me and kicked me out, and this is my chance to make it to Mania by beating John Cena. I think that would have been funny. With Gold Dust, you just Thank felt a little bad because you. Because you know how good, you know, Goldust was. And, uh, I mean, still is in the ring. I mean, he's still a great wrestler. Uh, Buster Rhodes was always a great wrestler. Yep. Even going back to the yep. WCW days. But, uh, I don't know. It's It, it made sense. Like, it, I mean, you can't – you either had Goldust, R-Truth, Rhino, Slater, or the Miztourage to fall into that spot. And this week it just happened to be Goldust. I just think it wasn't really needed. Um it kind of nope. shows how they feel about Raw and SmackDown and the crossover of people watching both, that they needed John Cena to come promote the pro, like SmackDown on Raw almost is what it seemed like, which is kind of weird, but uh, I get what they were doing. And, and then I will also say that this week's episode of Raw in general is same as last week. It fell back into the trap that I thought they were trying to get out of. Uh, with the with the gauntlet match and stuff, where these the first hour of this is your typical raw, you know, maybe know. one good match I and agree. then a bunch of a bunch of fucking talking and segments. Which uh, I heard that it was down like 
5% or something in the ratings earlier this week. But, you know, ratings are weird. It's hard to tell what people watch anymore because of Hulu. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that people are into this format anymore. they got to do something different. Well, all right, two questions I'm going to throw at you real quick. Um, one, all right, let's do actually, I don't know if this is really a question. Uh, over under 30%, that will be John Cena, AJ Style, and Shinsuke Nakamura. And two, are you excited to see Hillbilly Jim join the Hall of Fame? I mean, I think... Hillbilly Jim joining the Hall of Fame, I have no problem with. I think there's bigger stars that you could have put ahead of him. Someone like, I don't know, fucking Vader before he dies would be good. (laughs) Not to reiterate what I said last year, but how the fuck is Vader not in the Hall of Fame? (laughs) Like, jeez. Vader is, well, like, more deserving than Hillbilly Jim or or Jeff Jarrett, especially if you're going to completely ignore what Jeff Jarrett did to TNA, uh, you know, or Impact. If you're going to completely ignore that and just give Jeff Jarrett merit on the fact that he was in the shitty version of WWE towards, or WCW towards the end and uh, jobbed to the road dog and lost his IC title to China before moving to WCW, like, I, I don't know. His career, to me, is not anywhere near close to someone as Vader. Like, this Hall of Fame class, it, there's some high high spots in it that I kind of enjoy. I think the Delhi boys are definitely, you know, deserving. Um, but then you have, like, you know, Hillbilly Jim, his contributions are more in the back uh, at this point. Like, he's been around, I think he's still works for WWE, you know, the WWE. It's not that, like, Hillbilly Jim was a bad worker or anything like that. It's just there's other people, I think, that should have kind of gotten in before him. Uh, I'm fine with it. You know, it's their Hall of Fame. It doesn't. There's other separate wrestling Hall of Fames. There's the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. There's the Cauliflower Hall of Fame. Those are the ones that are a little more serious to me than the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, it's kind of weird. He was kind of a weird out of nowhere choice, and I'm wondering if he's going to be the guy that they just show you like the one minute acceptance speech you know, where they, like, recap it. They don't actually show the whole segment. I think he might fall into that category, unfortunately. What do you think about the second, the, the first part? Uh, do you think it, there's any possibility it will be Cena, Styles, and Nakamura at WrestleMania? I would I would love to say no, and hopefully they they don't do that, but it's plausible that they do a three-way match for the SmackDown title. I hope not. Um, To me, the only way you do that is you have... It's almost like you need John Cena to win the belt at Fastlane to really get there. And they obviously would want to save that. Him winning his, you know, breaking Ric Flair's record, they would want to save that for WrestleMania, or at least, you know, I would think SummerSlam. So I'm hoping that maybe you just end up with a match where it's like John Cena versus Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, and that's how he gets the mania, or you they go the Undertaker angle on it. I, I think that the, the everyone knows that the the big draw to the to WrestleMania to me, the one match that I don't want to say marks, but the one match that the internet fans will be the most excited about is going to be AJ Styles versus Nakamura. Um, I think that's like number one with a bullet. Yeah. Uh, with an actual pay-per-view match of those two. So I think that's the that's the big one. 
uh, on that. Absolutely, I agree with you. So I I don't think throwing John Cena in there. I mean, John Cena is a name, but that's not what the fans who are going to be stoked for AJ Styles versus Nakamura want to see. Um, And there's plenty of places you can put John Cena. You could give you know John Cena Kevin Owens again. You can have John Cena Kevin Owens Sami Zayn, which I think could be really cool. Um, you can have John Cena versus Taker if they want to go the Taker route, but I'm thinking I'm starting to lean to the fact that that's probably not going to happen. Uh, with unless he shows up, I don't know. With, next week, with Ray being hurt now, I think it's more likely that it could be the Undertaker situation because I thought that was plausible about having Rey Mysterio versus John Cena. I don't know how the fuck they put that together, but it seems like I don't know, man. I I really I I don't want it to happen, but I feel like either. It's going to happen at this pay-per-view where you hear the gong, or it's going to happen when he's like talking like, "Oh, I'm John Cena. I'm uh, one of the biggest wrestlers here, uh, but for some reason, um, I lost the title. Uh, you know, I believe in hard work and respect. Um, for some reason, I, you know, have I don't have a WrestleMania to to go to, and then all of a sudden you hear, "Bung!" and that bullshit will happen. But I could be wrong. I don't know. It would be. Just keep on going. Awesome. Uh, what were you going to say? I said it would be awesome if it was just Chris Jericho. Like, the bong happens <laughs> and then Chris Jericho just comes out and fucking trolls John Cena. And then that's your WrestleMania match. I would love that. I'm down for that completely. Alright, well, Bailey defeated Mandy Rose. Bailey won the match with the roll-up. Before this, one thing I have to say that I'm very happy is, holy shit, they decided Paige, you're really good on the mic and we put this group together with you and since you can't wrestle, we're finally going to have you fucking talk since you got injured which I don't know why they didn't do uh, beforehand, but it's got a good promo. It came out. Um, Bailey beat Mandy Rose. Bailey won the match with a roll-up, uh, leading to Absolution jumping and attacking Sasha Banks, made the save, and tried to give Bailey a hug, but Bailey refused and pushed her away. Um, yeah, like I said, it's going to be Bailey versus Sasha Banks in the pre-show at Mania, and I'm down for that because they'll have a great match, but uh, I'm wondering who's going to be the heel after all that. I, I want, like I keep on saying, I'd rather Bailey just try to put like a little more of an edge on her as a baby face like she's doing, and have Sasha become a heel, but it would be cool if one of them joined Absolution. It would be a kind of a big fuck you moment. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Um, Chris, what do you think? I think it would be great if Bailey turned heel and went anti-hug or something, or had, like, an anti-hug gimmick. <laughs> uh, similar to, like, you know, Daniel Bryan originally, originally when he was heel and he did the yes chance, he switched it to no. And then when he switched back to yes, it became, like, this huge fucking thing. Maybe you can do something similar with Bailey. Um, I don't know. I don't... I don't. They've taken so long to pull the trigger on Sasha being heel. I don't know that it works. Uh, Bailey turning heel, to me, is more interesting. Uh, I don't know if they want to go that route either, so I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to do what they've been building to for a long time. Sasha's just going to turn heel baby by herself, and then it's going to be Bailey versus Sasha. And then, you know, they can do whatever they want to do with Sasha from here. Um, in theory, if Asuka wins the title, then you could have Sasha versus Asuka, with Sasha being a heel yeah. and cheat to win or to screw you know, Asuka's undefeated streak. So they may just be going that route, which would be like the most straightforward path, but that's probably what they would do. Yeah, I, I like the anti-hug idea. That's hilarious. Like, do it, since the belly to a Bailey sucks anyways, just do it where it's, it's that, but instead of, you know, doing a belly to belly, 
she just, you know, trips her and then slams her on her back and the other person has to do a flat back bump and it's like an anti-hug. Come on, guys. We can figure this out. It'll be great. Or Austin already said she can do the stunner, so just give him a fucking stunner. Go for it. We'll do, do it. No, that will get a pop if she's going to be a heel, though. That, that doesn't make any sense. She'll figure it out. I'm sure Bailey will figure it out. Uh, so they had the Symphony for Destruction match. This was just an excuse to get Braun Strowman and destroy shit, including Elias. I love both these guys. Uh, at, at one point in the night, Elias was talking to Kurt Angle, uh, trying to weasel his way out of this. Kurt Angle basically told him that the match is going to go on and now it's going to be uh, false count anywhere. So he, we have this whole setup where Elias um, is at the main stage and there's a giant base, which I don't know why the hell he'd allow that to be there if he doesn't want that uh, attacking him again. A piano, uh, there's guitars, there's all sorts of shit. Um, and he starts off by playing the piano, moves over to a drum set, plays a little bit on drums, and starts, like, talking shit again about the town. Um, I think at one point he says, I hate all of you, or something like that. I just, Elias is great, great for getting heat. He's, he's over his shit. Uh, but then he, he requests that Dasha, you know, gives him his formal introduction, and she goes to do that. Lights come up, and you're like, where the hell did Elias go? And he's skipping town through the audience, trying to get the hell out of there, gets through the whole entire building, gets to his car, we get this ridiculous Braun Strowman segment where he starts up the car and he's like, you know, what the hell's going on? Like, it won't go. And you see Braun's lifted up and he's like, I'm not finished with you yet. Braun chases him through the whole entire place. Once again, comes out through the entrance. I swear every guy has to, like, the Miz, doesn't matter if it's the Miz or Elias, they, they, they literally trip and get thrown right at the entrance. Great shit. And then Braun just continues to beat the living crap out of him. Uh, at one point, Elias got him with a guitar, which was not a gimmick guitar. Luckily, it was on the back this time, but if you looked at Braun Strowman's back, it was just completely ripped apart. I can't say that I feel that bad for him, for what he did with Elias with that bass, and then throwing the piano on him, and so it's like just playing it, like Tweak from South Park, just like so aggressive and out of tune, and just going, Roar! and then slams it on him, moves it. Uh, I think he threw him into a drum set at one point. Well, basically at the ending, he pins him. It's over. What the hell? <laughs> like, I love both these guys, but what the hell are they going to do with either one of these guys at Mania? Neither one of them have a story, and I don't think any of us are expecting the two of them to go at it. But, you know, there's just rumors, Chris, that, you know, Metzler was talking about they're trying to keep Ron on the sideline because – of the whole steroid scandal for Roman and also because Brock's really acting shady right now with the UFC. Um, there's that. Also, do, uh, would they add um, and make it a four-way for the IC belt with Elias or they keep him off that? Or maybe they make Elias the host to give him something to do and then he can come out and, you know, in between kind of like with the new dated last year. I don't know, but how'd you like the segment and what do you think? I thought the segment was a lot of fun. I love, like, this weird comic book character they've turned Braun into. It's it's kind of a breath of fresh air between a lot of the other stuff they do. I like that he has a character. He's super fucking strong. He can lift anything, break anything over anyone. Uh, as far as like the Brock thing goes, I wonder if Brock is mad because he's not wrestling Braun at Mania. And instead, he's getting Roman Reigns again. I, I, I kind of, I know the no-show thing kind of seems like it was built into the gimmick, but um, you know how Brock Lesnar is. I, I don't know that he's super key on 
working with Roman again, but I don't know. Maybe you do Braun, Roman, Brock, and Mania. You just figure out a way to get there. Um, WWE doesn't have to suspend anyone that they don't want to. It's not like actual sports. They just bullshit their way through that steroid allegation thing until after Mania. And, and they will. You know, if they, if that's the match they want is, is Roman versus Brock. I It's just... I don't know what they're going to do with uh, Braun. Maybe you have Kane in the Big Show versus Braun. Maybe they just do a monster match. Maybe you have... I, 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 it's just so hard for me to figure out what they're going to do with him. You can't do Elias again. You can't have Braun versus Elias. If, if Samoa Joe was healthy, that might make sense. You could do Samoa Joe versus Braun and try to work your way there really quick. Um, but... I don't know. I think it would be really cool to see like Braun versus Aleister Black or just something completely weird, you know, completely that no one has thought of or, uh, but I I don't, I honestly don't have an answer for you. I just somehow feel like he's going to get in that title picture and win the title. And I felt that way. And I, I I think they should have did it at elimination chamber, but I still feel like he might just end up in that title match and win that belt. Uh, especially with the, the, kind of the shady stuff, like you said, going around with, and I mean, I think Roman's done a good job promoing, you know, he had a, he had that really good promo last week, and his heart's there, and I think he, he could be the guy that beats, beats, uh, you know, ends up beating Brock, but it's, if there's these allegations, and people are worried about that, and Meltzer's been talking about it, and all these other sources are talking about, they're worried about, even just worried about getting into Mania, you definitely don't want to put the title on him, because then you can end up with a Rob Van Dam situation where, you know, you get arrested for weed, or get arrested, or, or you have to suspend someone, and then the title is just there. And maybe they think that that's going to be fine, and they'll just build a tournament, and whatever, that's the route they want to go. But to me, the, the easy answer is you just put you just put Braun in that match and make it a three-way match. Um, that's what I, I think the thing that sucks the most is that they don't have a money-in-the-bank person. If they just had, like, a money-in-the-bank person, they could easily get out of that title match uh, and, and turn that title match into a three-way, no matter who, who they had money-in-the-bank on. Like, Braun having money-in-the-bank would have been uh, pretty great if he just kept forgetting it at home or like accidentally leaving it in cars that he flipped over or some shit. Like that would have been fun. <laughs> like, I don't know, but, uh, I don't know. I just, Braun just, he just screams title match. Like I just, I don't see him going for the IC title. I, know. I, I feel like going to end up in that heavyweight match. I don't, I don't know how or how they're going to get there or what they're going to do, but I just, you know, Elias, there's so much they can do with him. They could, you could even go like uh, a six man, I see uh ladder match like they did, you know, not last WrestleMania, but which, whenever uh, Daniel Bryan won it, they did something similar. They had an IC, you know, tag or IC title match, ladder match type deal. And if they wanted to go that route, they could do something like that with Elias. And I think that would be interesting. But man, when I look at Braun Strowman, I'm like, they're either going to put him in that battle Royal and have him demolish everyone. They're going to have him go against the big show, Mark Henry and Kane or something weird and just some kind of crazy thing with that. Or you just put him in the title match. I completely agree. Me, put him all in three the title scenarios. Matches. Yeah. All, all three of those scenarios would be uh, fine. 
I kind of, if they're going to do anyone for the uh, the Battle Royal, I feel like since, for whatever fucking reason, Vince is not um, pushing Rusev, like, it would be at least good to have him in there and actually come up on top and be pretty dominant on that. I love that idea, though, if you're going to have it, maybe an elimination match where it's like the three legends of the big show, Kane and him, and Braun just gets a night to, you know, do whatever with them. He should be in the fucking title match. I completely agree with you. It should be a three-way, and Braun should win. Um, it's, I don't know what the heck is, is going on. With Elias, though, I, I like the two scenarios of either putting him in the IC thing or just making him the host. He's so good on the mic and kind of like fun and whatever. He can do what the New Day did last year and kind of just host the thing if they don't have anyone big in mind to host it. But um, I don't know. Here's a question, Chris. So Bray, Bray Wyatt came out, defeated Rhino. So I guess Rhino was doing something. Uh, Wyatt defeated Rhino by hitting Sister Abigail. After the match, broken Matt Hardy invited Wyatt to face him at the ultimate deletion on the Hardy compound. We see this video. Finally, it's uh, apparently Rebby Hardy um, put this together. She's the one who recorded it all, which is a badass, obviously. Showed a dilapidated boat. It showed... Um, just uh, the whole compound, the lake, everything. Uh, do you think ultimate deletion is going to happen at Mania, or do you think that possibly they might do this raw before Mania? Um, and will Jeff Hardy come out of the lake, or, or do you think there will be Brother Nero involved in this by any chance? I hope it's Willow. <laughs> that would be awesome, yeah, too. Multiple uh, gimmicks. No, first off, uh, Rebby Hardy is everything you could ask for and more for a wife. Like, I think she's fucking awesome. She's number one bay of all time. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I think that they're going to do this in segments. I think you'll get a little bit of it here and there uh, with them messing with Wyatt and filming it in the manner that they want to film it. And I think it could be really cool if done well. And it, at least it's something different, you know. Um, I'm glad that they basically came out with the family photos and stuff on Twitter, that they're going to try to get as many of the Hardy family characters involved with Senior Benjamin and Matt Hardy. I think it took them too long to get there, and I don't really care that it's Bray Wyatt. Um, but it's definitely interesting. And uh, it's really good to see Skarsgård, a.k.a. the dilapidated boat, back on TV. So I was excited. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, I kind of hope it is maybe in segments at Mania, like beginning and then like the end or something. Uh, they go back to it. But either way, it's going to be fun. I just hope that they give it to full potential and it doesn't end up like the uh, House of Horrors or something like that. All right, so the Miz hosted the third annual Mizzy Awards. Uh, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor won the award for patting themselves on the back, and Kurt Angle won Worst Decision by a General Manager, and three other were awards uh, related to the same entire concept. Rollins and Balor interrupted the awards uh, show. Miz ran them down and challenged them to a match against the Miz Siraj. Uh, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor defeated the Miz Siraj. This was a three-on-two on handicap, of course, to make Curtis Axel and fucking Bo Dallas look even more pathetic. Uh, Rollins hit the curb stomp on Miz, and got the pin while Balor was setting up the coup de grace. <laughs> that was actually a pretty cool spot because they kept on going back and forth and being just aggressive with each other. And finally, at the end of it, Seth tagged um, Finn, who was on the top, about to do the coup de grace, came in, did the curb stomp, matches over. After the match, Kurt Angle appeared and announced Miz's match for WrestleMania. Miz will defend the IC championship against Balor and Rollins in a triple threat match. 
How did you feel about the match, uh, the results of the match? I think all of us knew going in this is probably going to happen. It was pretty easy to read. Yeah, and I thought the match was fine. It, it sucks for the Miz-Taraj, but that's the slot that they've been given. They, I, I think they worked, They all worked well in the ring together. The match itself was fun to watch. Uh, my question is, like, do you really take, do you take the title back off the Miz, or do you just build a feud between Seth and Finn? Because I don't think either of them really need the IC title. Maybe Finn more so than, like, Seth I kind of wanted in the heavyweight picture at this point. Yeah. Um, so I, I could see Miz winning, honestly, at WrestleMania and, and just in building a feud between Finn and Seth, uh, however they wanted to do that. But I, I don't know. It's it's a weird scenario. Like I said, I, I think Raw is a little top-heavy. I think if Brock rotates out, that'll help. But right now, I, I don't see a reason to take that title off the Miz as kind of the gatekeeper between things. Uh I think Miz is still doing awesome work and having good matches and being consistently entertaining. And if you do Finn winning the IT title, maybe you do the club beating the bar and then you put them together. And then you have Seth fight, you know, all three of them on a weekly basis to build himself up uh, to whatever comes next. I mean, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I'm kind of curious if, if what happens is – see, my whole thing is if Maurice is – her due date is right around Mania. Um, so if – I feel like either they're going to let the Miz have the title and beat the whole entire thing or, you know, that was the original concept, but Maurice's due date's right around there, so Miz is going to drop the title. Um, I kind of want them Dollar to win, but if they aren't doing the scenario you were talking about, send Finn and, and the bar – to SmackDown. There's so much that you can do over there. Finn is better in the title picture, I think, over there. There's a lot of storylines against AJ and Finn. It's already been established on, on WWE, even if it was accidentally. And also the, the uh, not the bar, but um, the, the, the club, I meant. Uh, the club also would be a good concept in there. And then they can have another dominant tag team over there, switch someone else, I don't know, Fandango, to come over to Raw. Figure it out. But that could be a way... Seth Rollins having the IC title, if he's not going to have the main title, I, I think that he said he hasn't had that one uh, yet. So it will be cool to see Seth with some gold, but I think inevitably I prefer Miz to retain the title if nothing's happening with the whole pregnancy thing and, and keep on going and uh, beat the record. I, I think that he deserves it. He's a badass, and I've enjoyed him uh, throughout this whole entire thing. All right, so our last segment on Raw. Man, Raw was a lot harder to go through than I thought it was going to be. Paul Heyman appeared to respond to Roman Reigns' comments from last week. Heyman laid down the Universal Championship in the ring as a challenge and said that Reigns will not beat Lester or take the title away. Uh, Heyman said if Reigns doesn't like his words, he can do something about it next week when Heyman brings out uh, Lester himself. He also called the title, uh, you know, Lester's bitch, and said a lot of stuff like that. Reigns appeared. And told, I loved it when Roman said, pick up the title. Like, he was serious about it. I also love that Roman wasn't going after him like Samoa Joe was. He was more, you know, I guess he's, he's supposed to be babyface, I guess. Um, uh, Rain said, all he and the fans want is for the champion to show up at work once in a while. Reigns told Heyman, tell Lesnar he can say whatever he wants to Reigns, but make sure he comes dressed for a fight. 
Uh, not too bad way to end the end the whole entire thing. I think Roman, just like last week with that badass promo, has been pretty good on the on on the uh, on the mic. I now know that this is all work. You know, I can just tell now. It's really played itself out with uh, Paul Heyman being down there and stuff like that. Paul is great, but I feel unfortunately it's almost. I'm saying almost uh, a situation with Bray Wyatt where it's like he's good on the mic, but it's like he does not. It's there's not a lot of care. In there, he's kind of just saying whatever. I like the parts where he's saying that the uh, belt is his bitch because that really followed up well with Roman later. But it was a good ending segment, I guess you could say. Uh, Chris, how do you feel about this? And uh, are you excited about Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar more? I think Paul does a good job of making the match seem important, and I think that's his main job since Brock's not going to be there week to week. When Paul comes out, he's able to talk up the match, make you get invested in it. Um, and I think he always does a good job of that. He had that great line where he's like, in Af- he was like, in AFA WrestleMania, you can seek a new title to challenge for. Oh, man, said, oh. that was pretty good. Which, which I thought was pretty good. Like, Paul Heyman just consistently is fucking great on the mic. Um, I like what they do with Paul. I think I, I like that Paul doesn't get involved with the match. I like his emotions at ringside. I think he's still a great personality. Uh so I have no problem with that. My only problem with the Roman Reigns thing is they're just doing what they did with John Cena. Um, John Cena The Rock, and then John Cena and Lesnar. Yep. It's the same promo. I mean, it's the promos that they wrote for, you know, Cena, but reworded and not done as well. And I give Roman props for nailing it. Like, I, I feel like he's been nailing what they've given him and kind of adding some personality to it and, and putting a little bit of a shoot in there. But for the most part, I'm not going to go full out and just give Roman credit for it because it's not the first time it's been done. Uh, John Cena does this. He did this with The Rock for those two WrestleManias, and he also did it with Lesnar when Lesnar first came back. It's uh, it's a copy and paste of what was already done, whereas like Samoa Joe's thing, um, getting in Paul Heyman's face, it was like so original and so good that like immediately I wanted them to put the title on Samoa Joe, and of course they did. Uh, but... It's it's been good and it, it does make me excited for the match, but at the same time looming in the back of my head, I'm like, Man, but what if that was Braun Strowman? Like what if Braun Strowman just won your title already? Jesus. So that's the part that's like the fan in me of not not only just the Braun Strowman fan, but where I think the direction of the company should be geared towards. Uh, is is more of the disappointment. It's not necessarily the promo or the like that they're going to have a bad match or the pro you know the program they're building around. I think all that's fine. It's just not what I wanted to see. So I have to kind of look at it from like, did they have a good promo? Yes. Will I be excited to see you know Brock versus Roman? And the answer to that is yes. I will be excited to see it. I think it's going to be a good match. But it's not necessarily what I wanted to see. Um, but the half a Sika. Paul threw in was fucking amazing, and he's still one of the greatest of all times when it comes to someone just getting on the mic and promoting an event. And uh, that's all they ask him to do. If they ask him to take a bump, if they ask him to do stuff, he'll do that. Like he did it with uh, Samoa Joe. Um, but they don't ask him to do that. So I don't put too much of that on Paul. They just want Paul to come out there, get people fucking hyped for Brock Lesnar, and promote the match. And I think he, as far as what they're asking him to do, I feel like he fucking nailed it you know, every time he's out there. I yeah I, I I see what you're saying and that that is true. I I just feel I don't know. Like I said, you can tell you can tell how much of it like 
he cares or, or, or not. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a little bit too overcritical, but I mean, it, it is at the end of the day, Paul Heyman. So um, let's go over to SmackDown. Now this will incorporate all the matches for, for Fastlane guys. So we're going to go over both things at the same time. Uh, show opened with a face-to-face confrontation between Charlotte Flair and Ruby Riot. Riot said she formed the Riot Squad to destroy the myth of Charlotte, and she will do it on Sunday at Fastlane. I thought Ruby was really good on the mic. Uh, being a babyface from NXT and then getting thrown into a completely different thing that she's not used to, uh, you know, she was she, she's always been someone that's not bad on the mic. I liked what she said about Charlotte being just another blonde, um, you know, celebrity daughter or, or you know, screw-up, basically, to Charlotte. I love Charlotte retorting the fact that she's had to work harder because of her dad's name. And they were doing fine. And then all of a sudden, Bobby Roode comes out. And you think that it's going to go into another promo, maybe possibly bringing in the, uh, you know, the crossover, um, the mixed uh, tag match thing, because that's Charlotte's partner. And Charlotte was all smiley at him and stuff like that. Uh, kind of looks smitten, but obviously that's all bull crap. Anyways, um, but then they come back. Women are gone. That was it. And it's a match now uh, between Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton. Bobby Roode sat on commentary for the match. Uh, Roode eventually got up on the apron, which distracted Orton and allowed Mahal to hit the Coloss for the pin. But what the hell was with that intro? And um, also, obviously, for the sake of the pay-per-view, how do you feel about the setup for these two matches between Ruby Riot and Charlotte? I think Charlotte obviously is going to win. I have a lot of confidence in that. And then between Bob Rude and Randy Orton, this one's actually more 60-40, where I think that there's a 40% chance that Randy Orton could win just to drop it again at WrestleMania, uh, just so that the Viper can have all the titles now, which is whatever. Um, I just don't see the point of it. I think Bobby Rude's going to win it. What do you think about these two segments and also how they're going to play out at Fastlane, Chris? Uh, I thought the show opening was fine. I think what happened is it ran a little bit long, and they just cued Bobby Roode's music to be like, hey, Bobby Roode's coming out next. That's kind of what it seemed like, because, you know, SmackDown is live now, so it seemed like it just ran over, and that's where they ended up, because they needed to put a commercial break before, you know, Randy Orton's entrance. So it just seemed kind of weird. As far as, like, I, I mean, I think Charlotte's going to beat Ruby Riot. I don't, I don't see her dropping the title before Mania. Uh... I, I would love to see Ruby Riot get the title. I just don't think they built her enough uh, personally on SmackDown. And the Riot Squad kind of got overshadowed by the fact that they did, you know, is it Absolution on Raw? To me, they're very similar. Uh, and they kind of went in with the same gimmick almost at the same time. And, and Charlotte Flair is just too big of a star to me to lose to Ruby Riot uh, at, at this pay-per-view, especially headed into Mania. Um, as far as, like, you know, Bobby Roode and Randy Orton, I think it's a toss-up. I could easily see them giving uh, Randy Orton a title victory here and then having Bobby win it back at WrestleMania. Uh, I, you know, that's very, very possible. Uh, even they could, I mean, they could even do something where you build up a three-way at WrestleMania or a four-way match or something to give Baron Corbin something to do. Jinder Mahal, Baron Corbin, Randy Orton, Bobby Roode could set up something. That. So I, I could see Randy winning the title here, honestly. Um, but like I said, it's a, I think it's kind of a toss-up too. It's just, you know, what are you doing with Bobby Roode, and do you want to take the title off of him, kind of thing. 
It might be a fatal five-way with, uh, you know, Rusev involved. Maybe a six-pack challenge. Oh, God. Um, yes. <laughs> all right, so another match that was established for Fastlane that we're going to see. Uh, backstage, Rusev challenged Shinsuke Nakamura to a match at Fastlane. Nakamura accepted. Hey, Vince, I appreciate the fact that this guy's getting himself over, and you continue, continue to make Aiden English uh, do heel promos that's that's really smart. And now, okay, so since that's not working, what are we going to do after keeping Rusev off for the last two weeks, I think? Okay, so now we say that Shinsuke hit Aiden English in the throat, so now he can't even sing Rusev Day. I see what you're doing here. I have no idea why the hell you're doing it here. I don't know if it's your decision or Road Dogs, but fuck off. That's hard to say. Um, I'm looking forward to this match, though, regardless, and at least he's in a match with the guy that's going to be going to Mania. I just have to do something with Rusev. Even if it's as small as, like I said, the Andre Giant Battle Royal, really going all out this year like they keep on claiming, and then Rusev comes on top. Um, I don't know. Uh, is, is it Rusev Day over with you, Chris? Maybe Rusev Night? Rusev Day, Rusev Day will be over when the fans say Rusev Day is over, just like the Yes chant will be over when the fans say the Yes chant's over. Like... You can't just say, yeah. all right, we're just not going to talk about it. Like, the fans aren't going to, like, unless they think the fans' memory lasts, like, two weeks, like, people are still going to be chanting Rusev Day five years from now. It's just one of those things that's fucking over. Like, the what chant never ended. Still going. Like, it doesn't Ugh. matter if the guy is singing Rusev Day or not. People are going to chant Rusev Day. So if they're just trying to, like, make people not cheer for Rusev, they're just going to fuck themselves, and they're just going to cheer for him harder especially at some, something like WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Like, Rusev's going to be probably one of the most over people at WrestleMania because the fans are going to feel like they're trying to shit on Rusev. And it wasn't that long ago that the fans were literally cheering for Rusev to win the Royal Rumble instead of Roman Reigns. <laughs> and at that point, Rusev was a full-on heel. So people like Rusev. Uh, I don't know why. He's got personality, man. He just, he's, got, he's got natural charisma. Now, I think the thing here is that they're like, well, people like Nakamura more. This is a good match. It's a good fit for Rusev. Gives Nakamura a win leading up to Mania. And I'm fine with that. I just don't know that you need to take the Rusev Day thing away from him. It doesn't really. No, don't make the money go off the the freaking shirts, though, right? Yeah, I I think the worry is that they don't want fans to cheer for Rusev more than Nakamura. Um, and that's fine. It just, I don't know. Matt Morgan, I was, I was listening to his podcast at at wrestling Inc. I believe. Um, but he was talking about it and he goes, he goes, dude, Rusev, he goes, obviously their movesets are completely different and yeah, their personalities are different too. But to me, this guy's got natural charisma, like you saw back with Macho Man, Randy Savage, like that type of concept. And I have to agree. Like, Rusev's over, and he's got a lot of charisma, and people always have liked him, and it just seems like it's just not going to happen. It just, it, I just, I, 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 I'm going to make the money off the merchandise, but that's it. What? Huh? What? 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 what, what? Yeah, I, yeah, agree with I you mean, I, I mean, yeah, totally agree with you. I, I don't know what they're going to do with Rusev. Um, I think the answer for Rusev would be the same answer as Dolph Ziggler, which is just get the fuck out and do something else, probably. Um, if you can get the same amount of money somewhere else, I would maybe go that route. Like, 
Unfortunately, you're right. Uh, but I, I mean, they just they don't know what to do with Rusev, and you know maybe they're going the route of having him lose all of this stuff to try to build him like they did Daniel Bryan, which they they try to act like that was on purpose, but really it was just the fans were behind behind Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I feel like the fans are behind Rusev, but not like not in the same way as like the Yes Movement, you know, like. I don't, they're, they always they find this thing that the fans latch onto and they try to do this, where they're like, okay, well let's try to take it away and see if they still cheer for it. Um, and they did that with you know uh, what what's Tin? Uh, God, I can't even think of the dude. Ty name. Dillinger. Ty Dillinger is literally just the Tin gimmick. Uh, Rusev's obviously more than that, but WWE yeah. is really bad about it. If, if the fans like something, they'll try their best to strip it down or take it away and I think some of it is to see like do the fans like this guy or do they like this gimmick and I kind of agree with that to some standpoint but like Rusev was already a proven asset like he's been a US champion he's had great matches at Wrestlemania with John Cena it's not like was he undefeated for a while yeah it's like you guys tried to push this dude for so long and the fans finally get behind him and now you don't want to fucking push him like I don't know. WWE is so fucking weird when it comes to certain stuff like that. It's just... Uh, the yeah, English it's, thing it's, it's the, well, it's not even a, just Aiden English. It's just a finicky part like, oh, they want Dolph Ziggler. Okay, we'll give it to you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Zack Ryder. Yeah, we'll give him the IC title. Lose it to the Miz the next night. You know, Luke Harper. Yeah, yeah, he's doing it. Uh, take him off and, you know, not even put him in the main event picture and then keep him off and then put him in this weird, you know... Um, what the hell is it called? Uh, live action role play, fucking gimmick. Which I'm I'm cool with it, but still, it's like Rusev has a lot. Um, this would be like if they were just completely uh, ignoring Elias and his popularity. But I guess he's going for a heel because that's what Vince wants him to be. So now, you know, I don't know. It's so silly. Um, you can kind of go back into that, but also on top of that, we had Becky Lynch uh, defeating Carmella. Uh, Lynch made uh, Carmella tap out with the summer. Now we have Becky and Naomi versus Natalia and Carmella. Um, if you want to finish up, like I said, anything about the whole Rusev thing, go right ahead, Chris. But also, uh, with this match, setting up this tag match, is A, Carmella going to try to cash in her money at the bank um, at either uh, this, this pay-per-view or at WrestleMania, and will she win it? And then my other question is, what the hell is Becky Lynch, Natalia, um, and a lot of these other huge leading ladies going to be doing at WrestleMania? Um, pre-match show, getting a paycheck, probably. As far as answering that direct question, uh, Becky Lynch and Carmella, I don't know if people have been following them on Twitter, but they they had a, a hilarious Twitter feud. So I think you might see, like, you know, Becky Lynch versus Carmella. Maybe Becky Lynch wins, and then Carmella cashes in the money in the bank or something at WrestleMania or at the next pay-per-view, whatever they do. But I, I think you're probably going to get Becky Lynch versus Carmella, and then you're going to get some kind of, you know, mixed tag match or, you know, six-pack challenge for number one contender or something weird like that with the rest of the, of the, the women um, on SmackDown. Or they're just not going to be on the show at all. Uh, it's hard to say because WrestleMania, like recently, in recent years, with these six to seven hour shows, the pre hour show is almost two hours long. But there's tons of stuff they could do. 
do they need to do it? Maybe not. Like, it's it's crazy to think about how popular Naomi was like a year ago to where she's at now. Um, and then you have like you know Natalia, and she's a, she's the former champion. Like I feel like she headlined some pay per views this year, and she just had a title run. So they don't necessarily have to with her at Mania. Um. I think you're going to get Becky Lynch versus Carmella probably on a pre-show. And they'll continue to try to build that feud. And then maybe Carmella tries to cash in money in the bank and Becky Lynch beats her up. And then you save that for whatever the follow-up pay-per-view is before money in the bank. The real question is like, how soon is money in the bank and how much time do they have to do? Like, could you have a weird scenario where you have Carmella? Like, because technically I don't think you have to cash it in. There's not like rules on that. Could Carmella just hold this thing forever? And then, like, you have someone else win money in the bank, cash it in, and then her immediately cash it in after and win from the person who cashed it in. Could you get some kind of weird thing like that? Because that would be interesting because they've never done it before. Where you have, like, a double cash in or something. Or at least not to my knowledge. Where someone just held it to the next money in the bank and then cashed it in at money in the bank or something weird like that, you know? Like, uh, I don't know what they're going to do with that. Uh, I think they feel really bad about putting that on Carmella in general. Like, they feel like they made the wrong decision, and they just don't have an opening (laughs) to put it on her because, obviously, Charlotte is who they're building around because eventually you want Charlotte versus Asuka and then probably Charlotte versus Ronda. I I still feel like Charlotte is your biggest female star. Probably her and Asuka are definitely one and two, and then you have Ronda right there just because of the name value. And if she gets good in the ring, and she's booked right, I think that she would be number three. And I, that's not to take anything away from Sasha, who I think is phenomenal um, in many, many ways, but Sasha's helped a lot by the fact that her main feud was with Charlotte. I think you could have put Becky in the same feud or uh, Bailey in the same feud and probably got very similar results. You know what I would like to see, actually, Chris, with Carmella and Becky? If that matches their potential for Mania, whether it be pre-show, it would actually be awesome because everyone loves Becky, and Becky hasn't been in the title picture in a long time. So even if they do, you know, um, say they do Asuka and Charlotte and have Asuka beat Charlotte, become champion, whatever way they go about it, you know. Uh, what if, Car- you know, within this next couple of weeks, Becky tells Carmella to put her money where her mouth is and put up the money in the bank thing. You get it out with her, and you give it to someone more suitable, and then she can try to maybe not cash in at Mania, but then you have a little bit of time because it's a new person to be able to get that, you know, somewhere out of nowhere where it really, I guess it wouldn't even matter. I don't know. Carmella's probably going to go and try to cash in at Mania and lose it. And then it will just be two people back to back that probably shouldn't have gotten in the first place. Uh, whatever. Um, let's go over this last match situation at, at SmackDown um, that will set up our other match. Uh, AJ Styles came to the ring to cut a promo saying he doesn't care what John Cena wants. The match that he and the WWE Universe wants at WrestleMania is Styles and Nakamura. You are so right, AJ. Dolph Ziggler interrupted and said Styles can take his dream match and shove it. He put into a lot of emphasis about, like, you know, you used to be good, but now you care about them. So I guess now Dolph Ziggler's a heel. I don't know. I don't really know his entrance music. AJ just basically goes, you know what? Screw the match being later. Why don't we just have it now? Uh, so AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler, it's a no contest. Uh, Basically, which ended up with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens uh, hitting the ring and taking down both men. Early in the night, Kevin Owens asked Sami to reiterate 
because he thought he might have been a little bit loopy about him saying that he would basically do the finger poke of doom. And Sammy said, no, 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 that, that's exactly what's going to happen. He goes, I will lay down for you and let you win the title. Um, I had to set that up. Styles and Ziggler fought them off, and Shane arrived and ordered a fight of five way. He, uh, he had uh, Sammy, basically Sammy Zayn. Baron Corbin came out too, and it was like everyone there besides John Cena. Not the smartest concept, but whatever. I think the biggest thing about this was uh, Owens tossed Styles from the ring, and then Zayn went and hit Owens with the hell of a kick and pinned him for the victory. Afterwards, cut a premium. Good promo that got cut off, but he, I think he got everything that he had to about saying that he's been the most underutilized person on SmackDown and that he's going to show everyone. Uh, I don't know if they're going to try to play this where he, he like talks to Kevin Owens like, what? That was like a match. And like kind of gives like Kevin some more hope. I think Kevin Owens is eating the pin. Either him or Baron Corbin is going to lose, and I feel obviously AJ is still going to win at Fastlane. How do you feel, Chris? I honestly think either Baron or Dolph is going to eat the pin, but I feel like Kevin and Sammy are going to take each other out and they're going to go a feud one more time, but maybe switch the roles with Sammy being more of the heel. And them two at Mania with uh, maybe Shane being special guest referee. Yes. And Sammy switching over to being more of the heel, maybe Shane getting in his ear and trying to give him some more opportunities and stuff. And Kevin Owens trying to talk Sammy out of it. Because I feel like that's the only way this feud works yeah. is you switch, switch roles. And then you can build Kevin versus Kevin versus Shane and have you know Kevin Owens do that awesome run like he did in Ring of Honor uh, with Kill Steve Kill. That's how I would do it. I, I've been saying that forever, that like Kevin Owens, I think he's a good heel. He's definitely able to get the crowd to hate him. But the potential on the other side of that of being able to turn that dial is almost the same as like saying like, I think Roman Reigns should be a heel. Like, I think you could do the same thing with Kevin Owens being a face. Like let him, let him turn that shit on 9,000. Let him start stuttering people. Bring Austin in for like, you know, like him do like a phone call, like a gimmick phone call with him and Stone Cold Steve Austin about the McMahons. Like make it a big deal. Like almost, a Canadian version of Stone Cold Steve Austin and have it really work. And I, I feel like, you know, that's where your money's at. And my biggest problem with this ending segment was not the match itself. I thought the match itself was fine for what they're trying to get to and what they're trying to build. My biggest problem is, like, where the fuck is Daniel Bryan? And why is Shane McMahon making general manager decisions? Uh, I don't know. Here, and here's the another question. Is, All right. they, they don't have anything for Daniel Bryan to do. He's not wrestling a mania. So they're just squashing this feud, and they're just going to do something with Shane McMahon. And they're going to play out his contract very, very lightly until it's done, basically. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't even think he's going to have any involvement uh, with a match potential. I think that Shane will, but I don't see Brian doing anything. All right, so we discussed that the two of them could be doing something at Mania between Daniel or uh, between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. AJ is probably going against Shinsuke. John Cena is probably going against The Undertaker. Um, you know, uh, uh, there's a good chance that Baron Corbin could be added to the U.S. picture, like you said, maybe in the uh, the Battle Royal, the uh, Andre the Giant Battle Royal, trying to go for a second win for that, something to that extent. With Dolph Ziggler's contract reinstated, you know, the only person, like, randomly to put him in a match with, you know, even though it was rumored for John Cena, would have been Ray, maybe, to, like, really make fans go, oh, okay, 
you know, but they would have had to done that pretty quickly. But regardless, what the hell are they going to do with Dolph Ziggler? He just complained about the fact that he hasn't ever had a main event spot on Mania. And he just resigned his contract. And it's looking like he's not going to do shit at Mania. I mean, what's his definition of a main event spot? <laughs> like, what is he expecting to happen? He's not, he's not going to get launched in the title picture after he resigned his contract. After holding out for so long and re-signing it right before Mania to show up at the Royal Rumble. I think you could do something cool with him. I think you could bring someone in um, for him to wrestle. You could, I think there's, Ooh. you know, tons of, you could, you could bring in like an AC3 or a uh, Bobby Lashley and try to drop, like Ooh. name drop, or bring in maybe like a John Morrison. I don't know if that's up in the air. Uh, but you can do something what if, cool like that. What if, Dolph, what if Dolph challenges, um, whatchamacallit, Pete Dunne for the UK title, puts out something on the internet, talks a little bit of shit, and they kind of set it up like that. Because there's a rumor that they might have the UK title defended on, at Mania. And I'm trying to think of, like, besides Roderick Strong, who they kind of set that up with on NXT, you know, that would be kind of interesting. And I think the two of them could kind of like bounce off each other's flavors. Obviously Dolph's going to lose, but something to do and it's a title to go for. I feel like he could main event. You could, I mean, the real answer is he should main event takeover and not WrestleMania. And have that would be awesome. And I've said that for years. I think that you could send Dolph Ziggler down to NXT, pay him the same exact money. You have a big credible star, a former champion, you could make him the top dog there, and you have someone to build against because he's kind of the gateway drug anyways when they get called up. And I think you could definitely do that with Dolph Ziggler and make that work if he was accepted of that, which would be a lighter schedule for him anyways, travel-wise. And he gets awesome yeah. matches against people like fucking Chris Hero and Ricochet, Velveteen Dream, Aleister Black. He gets all these main event matches. He gets the main event match without actually being the main event guy. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see him going against Dunn, though I would have Dunn win that match. Like, yeah. Cleanly. I kind of want Bates versus Dunn if they're going to do UK at WrestleMania because I feel like that's the match. Or Roderick, Bates, and Dunn. I, I feel that like would that's be awesome. better. Uh, but that's one of those things like, what are they doing at TakeOver? And to me, like, why not throw. Why not throw Dolph, someone like a Dolph Ziggler or a Rusev down to fight for the title? And make it make sense, obviously. It's it's kind of like now it would be hard to do, but I, I feel like that's... I agree. With some of these guys they don't have anything to do with, like, send him down and fight, like, Chris Hero or something. You know, like, give him guess, a hell of a... Give him a platform to put on a hell of a match. Because even in New Japan, if you're not going for a title you still have the opportunity to have, like, a Kenny Omega versus NATO-style match where it's a big fucking deal because of who they are. And WWE doesn't do enough of that. No, I, I agree. I'm, And, I mean, I would love for them to be that creative and that good, but you said someone that we were talking about that who doesn't have a lot to do, is, which is Rusev. I mean, they could have built up a program and finally kind of put Rusev some more over, but doesn't do a lot of help for Dolph. We'll have to wait to find out on that one. That one's kind of like the clueless concept right now because of his re-signing and how, you know, they gave him such a good ticket, apparently. 
I don't know exactly. Uh, there's one more car or one more match on this car that we didn't talk about for Fastlane, and this also involves something that we didn't really talk about on the show, and that's the Usos versus the New Day for the WWE Tag Team Championship. They're, they should have a great match regardless, but I want to say that their promos previous last week on SmackDown between each other, Usos coming down, laying out some stuff, New Day going back and forth with them. Uso saying that, you know, we've never really had like a a, wrestle, a major a major WrestleMania tag team type of moment at all. You know, we've been doing this for a while. And then New Day being like, oh, you think that we got our shit handed to you? Like, it was, I guess it, was, it could be considered similar to Charlotte and Ruby. But this was the way that Big E came across and Jay, especially those two in general, they are freaking phenomenal on the mic, man. And uh, Big E, when he was like, oh, yeah, because you guys didn't have any help from your family getting this far. They put a lot in perspective and they made me go, you know what? This I do want to see again. And I do think this is going to be a three-way tag. You know, out of the two tag teams, the bar should be the one in the pre-show. These guys should be the one on the main stage to me uh, because I think there's a hell of a lot more. um, uh, I mean, the Usos are the best tag team on the planet. Maybe besides two other guys that do super kicks a lot, but I don't, you know, I forgot what their names are. Um, there's some young bucks, if you will. Uh, but I feel like it's going to be the Bludgeon Brothers versus two members of the New Day versus uh, the Usos. Usos are champions. They'll probably win it. I don't know. And it might be a ladder match. That's what I see potentially for WrestleMania with that. But how did you feel about those promos, Kristen, since we didn't talk about it? How do you feel about this match? And where do you see this going? Man, I'm stoked for this match, and I hope they just do one hell of a fucking match because I think they could easily have the best match on Mania. Maybe outside of AJ and Nakamura if they just do AJ and Nakamura. But if you start throwing in all the different things that we were talking about where there's possible three ways, possible this and that, here's the storylines. The straight one feud that I care probably the most about is how they built the New Day versus... The Usos, because it feels like it's important to both teams. The way they promo, the way that they treat those matches, the way that those tag teams are is very much Fabulous Freebirds versus the Von Erics almost. It has that kind of feel. Like, where it actually feels important when those two people... It's like what Charlotte Flair and Sasha had, where you see that those two are going against, and it's immediately important. You're talking about the Usos coming up. They're going to be coming up on New Day's reign. You know, that's what they're they're going for. They want to be the, the best of all time. So you have this thing where you have the potential to have the Usos retain against the New Day um, with this reign going, which is what I kind of wanted them to do because I feel like that be... And the New Day has... Well, and the New Day also has a completely different record they're going for now with the amount of times for uh, championships. Sorry. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, so you have this thing that you already have a natural feud of They're great in the ring together. It doesn't matter if you substitute out Xavier Woods for Kofi or Xavier Woods for um, Big E. They just always fucking nail it. It doesn't matter who's in the ring, which that reminds me, that aspect of it definitely reminds me of Von Erichs versus Fabulous Freebird, where you can rotate any of them out with the Usos, they're still going to have a fucking great match. It's going to be good. Yep. Like, that's the one thing I took away from this is, like, I hope it's not a three-way match because it's just going to make the match not as good as if it was just New Day versus Usos. 
thing I think they could do that would be really cool is if you're going to pull the trigger on New Day breaking up and try to launch one of these guys, now is the time. Uh, versus the Usos, and then you can have the Usos break their title streak. And you can still have New Day as a tag team minus one and do a feud with that one person if you wanted to go that route. And doing it at WrestleMania would make the most sense if you're going to do it. I don't think they're ever going to do it, to be honest. And I don't think that they necessarily want to do it. Like, I'm sure that Xavier Woods would love to have, like, a top run or, like, an icy title run and all that kind of stuff. But it seems like they have fun doing what they're doing, and they really love being a part of that group. Kind of like the Fabulous Freebirds, um, which I, I hate to keep making that comparison, but that's not just because they inducted them in the Hall of Fame. There is a lot of things that are comparable about having a three-man team where you can sub in one person, whatever the hell you want, and fans still love you, and it's just a weird dynamic. You know what I mean? And and they're, that's really the only other tag yep. team I can think of. And then you have the Usos, who I think is just the best straightforward tag team that I've seen in years, like year, maybe since like, maybe since like Edge and Christian, like their tag team run, you know what I mean? Like the able, like the fact that they were able to pull themselves out of, out of being associated with Roman Reigns when everyone shit all over them. As soon as they were associated with him, they came out with this new personality. They created their own gimmick. They built themselves back up. They've had this long title run. They've had these great matches. They put in the fucking work. Um, I just want to see New Day versus <laughs> versus the Usos at pretty much every pay per view because I feel like it's one of those. It's almost a territory days type deal where it's like these tag teams can wrestle each other forever and people will still love it because they're both really good on the mic and they're every time they have a match it's going to be good and it's going to have a chance to fucking steal the show. Um, so that's what I'm hoping for. I, I probably danced around your question a little bit, but I think it's just going to be. Usos versus the New Day. As far as who comes out on top, I hope it's the Usos because I really want to build up that maybe the Usos are really close to beating that streak, and then the New Day wins it back, and then you go from there. If if you're going to keep them both as if you're going to keep both of those groups as tag teams, that just rebuilds the feud. So simple, uh, dude. Just wrap it up. Wrap that shit up. Some new other things that we have on here. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's go over a little bit of stuff that's happening on WrestleMania weekend, Chris, outside of just the WWE main WrestleMania card. Um, let's go to NXT, man. This is looking like a fucking bonkers pay-per-view that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, so, yeah, they're making – I don't know if you've heard. I'm, I'm pretty sure you have. The NXT North American Championship. I don't know why the fuck they're inventing another title, whatever. But one of the matches that they're going to have on there is a ladder match to uh, find out the winner of this title between Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, Killian Dane, Lars Sullivan, Ricochet, and EC3. How do you feel about the championship belt itself? How do you feel about this match? And who do you think is going to win the North American Championship, Chris? I absolutely hate the fact that they're adding another title. I like the simplicity <sighs> of the title. I like that there's three titles. These are the titles you're going for. And now you get into like, well, if this guy is wrestling for this title, is he really on the main event level kind of thing? You, and you're not doing it by weight class. You're just doing it by, this is a North American title. I hate, I fucking hate it. As far as them adding another title. I, I 
just straight dislike it. I think there's too many titles in WWE as it is. I think I hate the fucking... It's the same reason I hate the brand split. Um, I, I thought NXT was pure by having, like, this is your top men's title, this is your top women's title, and this is your top, you know, tag titles. This is it. This is all you got. This is what you're and going for. It doesn't matter they if don't even do anything with the UK title. Exactly. So another title thrown in is just convoluted as fuck. Unless they move the show to two hours, which I don't necessarily look forward to either, unless they're tacking on like 205 stuff. Like, and, and now you get this weird thing where it's like, they're adding another title. If they go to two hours, 205 is not going to be part of it, which was the original thought. Um, the UK stuff's not going to become part of it because now they're going to add a North American title. I I fucking hate it. I think it's, as far as the title goes, I fucking hate it. I think it's stupid. As far as the match goes, that's going to be one hell of a match. For a belt, that's going to mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, hopefully Ricochet wins it and gets a big push, or Velveteen Dream wins it and him and Ricochet have an awesome fucking feud. Yep. That, that's what do, I would hope. Do you like they're that setting match. that up a little bit? I do. I like the Rick Rich Shea versus Velveteen Dream. I think they're two people that will work great together. They they have both have very different styles, but Ricochet can pretty much work with anyone. I think he's a good person to put Velveteen Dream in the ring with to get him used to people like uh, Seth Rollins and um, AJ Styles, those kind of guys. I think it gives him a little bit more exposure to more of a, a kind of a hybrid Lucha WWE style. Um, because Ricochet has been doing that for a while in the underground. He's able to turn that on and off pretty quickly. Same as Will Osprey and, uh, you know, Adam Cole to some extent. So I think it's cool that they're putting in, putting them together maybe in a program. I think that'll be really, really interesting. I would love for Velveteen Dream to get this title and that be the feud, and then they just launch him from there. Uh, since, obviously, I, I feel like they want Aleister Black to have the NXT title, and Velveteen Dream doesn't necessarily need it because I think his character is so unique, and his charisma is a little different than Aleister Black. Now that Aleister Black doesn't have great charisma, I just feel like he needs he needs that top title more than like he has. Velveteen. He has mystique going for him. Vel- Velveteen Dream's much more charisma. I agree with you on that, and I also would like to see Ricochet or Velveteen. I like to see Ricochet win, and then like you said, this sets up the feud that's probably already going to be going into this between the two of them. And they can even, like, Velveteen Dream can battle him for this crap title, but give a good thing to make this feud that much, you know, more in-depth between the two of them. Because I think it would, it would be great. I also love hearing that apparently Shawn Michaels – I think I've already mentioned this on the show, but Shawn was zoning in a lot on Johnny and Adam Cole and helping them out, helping everyone out. But now apparently he's taking a really big liking in Velveteen Dream. And, you know, he's only like 22, I think. 23 maybe so just the amount uh, it just stuff that he says reminds me of friggin like Muhammad Ali or like The Rock like it's just very crisp and like this this charisma and this personality it's a lot of hopes for that kid uh, let's talk about yeah. the NXT championship match can I throw it back yep. real quick because they're calling this the yeah. North American championship belt which is a current NWA title like, the name of that title was held by someone in WA already with Mustang Mike. Um, and Jeff Jarrett was that title holder at one point in time. So I'm not sure if they're just doing some kind of weird tie-in. Um, and this could get Maybe weird like a tribute? because, you know, Billy, 
Billy Corgan also owns NWA now. He bought that recently. Mm-hmm. He's a wrestling fan. Maybe they're doing a weird tie-in with the Jeff Jarrett, uh, especially because of the fact that he was tied in with NWA for so long. Um, this title could just be a one-and-done thing. Like, I don't know. Uh, but I just wanted to throw that out there because I haven't heard a lot about it, but I know the lineage of the North American title. This is obviously the NXT North American title, so they're calling it something different. But the fact that they're inducting Jeff Jarrett, who held this title, and that there's also already an NWA current title holder of this, I'm curious if this is this could just be one a one-off gimmick match, or I, I don't know what they're going to do with it. But um, and it's also interesting just because the rights of that title name, in theory, would belong to Billy Corgan. Even though they're calling it the NXT North American Championship, that you know how that legality of that stuff gets, and it's kind of weird. I'm just curious. Maybe like maybe Billy Corgan's tape training with WWE. I have no idea. I, I just wanted to throw that out there because I had read some weird stuff about that uh, earlier, just speculation and stuff. But it's it's just kind of funny it's- that they came out with North American title instead of like NXT United States Championship as a you know I would have preferred a name to I mean that's a, things. I, that's a very interesting concept for sure and I feel like it's weird to have a region title because it's never what's supposed to be like the UK title is eventually going to be won by someone that's not from the UK European title blah 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 if they have something like that where you know I think NXT kind of had that relationship with uh with TNA at one point, right? Uh it's 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 interesting. Um I don't know. I wish they called it the T- if they're going to have another title, TV title would have been cool. Uh but whatever. I'm more wondering about this title, uh Chris between Andrade Cien Almas versus Alistair Black. There was also rumors, I forgot who else was a part of the call-ups, but apparently Almas might be going to Maine soon, so it would make a lot of sense to start the reign of Aleister Black and start really going for that whole, you know, build. He had a great match with Killian Day on NXT. Um, I think this is going to be a banger, man. I think it's going to be a really fun match. I think the two of them are going to kick the shit out of each other. And I think Aleister Black's going to go home champion. Uh, what do you think? I, I think that you are probably right on Aleister Black. This might be your the one big title change outside of the North American title you know, getting crowned on whoever wins that. I think that the rest of the titles probably just stay where they're at. You have the heavyweight title changed to Aleister Black. Cian Amos probably shows up, maybe even wins the Battle Royal or shows up in some form or fashion on Mania the next night. That's your transition there. And uh, they move with Aleister Black as champion for a while and just let him just be dominant. He's got a lot of good competition that he can wrestle against, and I feel like that's Probably the route they're going to go. I feel pretty confident in that prediction. Yep, me too. And I would kind of, if, if they're going to keep Alistair there for a while, maybe have him try to go, like, along with the undefeated, try to go for uh, Finn Balor's record uh, of beating him for champion the longest. Who knows? Uh, it would kind of, like, set up something for them to fight about later on on Main. Uh, apparently, this apparently, there's word that Vince is really, really – he sees a lot in Aleister Black's potential of him, that Triple H has definitely got, gotten Vince to uh, be looking at Aleister Black. 
Uh, I'm sure that there's part of it, just like Triple H. There has to be a part of it. The way that Triple H is packaging him is very Undertaker-esque, but not too over the top. And I don't think anyone, I'm hoping on commentary, puts that burden on him like they did with Bray Wyatt. But there is that type of mystique and, and, and uh, stoic nature of him. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, all right, so this is kind of prediction, guys. NXT Tag Team Championship. We know it's Undisputed Era. We don't know if, if Adam Cole's going to be having to take out uh, uh, of the main picture or something because I know that Bobby Fish just got injured. Uh, I don't know how severe his injury is, but let's just say it's, it's going to be Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. I'm going to say the Street Profits are going to win. I don't know that. It could be Authors of Pain. I can't see a lot of teams now that T61 or whatever are out of it, which I thought they were going to go way further, and then they lost to, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, the Authors of Pain uh, in their first round. Uh, maybe it's Mustache Mountain. I don't know. But I think Street Profits makes the most sense, and I still think Undisputed Era will retain their titles. What do you think, Chris? I, I'm on the same level as you with the Street Profits probably picking up the win and Undisputed Era walking out with the titles. I, I think that's kind of where they're going. I could be wrong. Um, I love Authors of Pain, but I feel like they're going to throw them to the main roster to have that dominant kind of force on either Raw or SmackDown, depending on what they do with the Bludgeon Brothers after the draft. Because I feel like they want a dominant tag team, and I think, like, you already have one. You know what I mean with Authors of Pain. So, uh, what I will say yeah. is just not not to back not to backtrack, but with that, like as far as Aleister Black goes, I definitely get the stoic nature of this character. Hopefully, they don't throw that on him too soon. The Undertaker tag, but him holding the yep. title for a long period of time, like you were saying with with Finn Balor, like Finn Balor's record or whatever the record is, you can build back to him versus Drew McIntyre after McIntyre's back. And That's a good point, too. Which, like, if McIntyre's doesn't go to Maine, yeah. Because McIntyre's been hurt, so he can come back and win that title and then drop it and then go to Maine. And I think that's a, a very plausible thing that could happen, which is just plenty of talent for Alistair to go against up until that point. Especially now that Ricochet's there, depending Ooh. on how fast they pull the trigger on Ricochet. You have EC3, you have possibility Bobby Lashley, you have uh, Velveteen Dream, you can do that match again. There's tons of stuff for him to do on NXT and kind of be the guy on NXT before pushing him. Uh, much like they did with Finn and Samoa Joe and those guys, which I think works best, you know. I completely agree. Uh, I like a lot of that. Uh, Drew McIntyre, especially them two, would have a lot of fun. Um, well, and I've already seen them work in the ring. I mean, pre all this type of stuff. Uh, but anyways, um, NXT Women's Championship. Right now, we know it's probably going to be Ember Moon, Shayna Baszler. There is a rumor that it might be a three-way with Carrie Sane. Um, let's predict it based on the two of them and then also the three of them, and what would you like to see based on that? I actually think Shayna Baszler might win this Ember to Maine, and then you feud with Carrie versus Shayna until Shayna's ready to go to Maine against someone like Rousey or Asuka. I think they might just go that route uh, because mm-hmm. they don't want to have like two Japanese superstars on the same roster like Asuka versus Carrie right off the bat. So I think they might go that way. Uh, where like Carrie is the obvious choice because I think she's a massive fan favorite. She's probably the better worker out of the people that, that we need. I mean, Ember Moon is fucking phenomenal, but 
like Carrie Zane, Carrie Ojo, like you watch any of her matches, she's fucking phenomenal. Like even in the Royal Rumble, she was fucking great. And I feel like they know based on the Oscar, we can save this and we can like people just get even more behind her. Uh, but with like Sheena Baszler, I think that she needs a title going in, you know, before she leaves to Maine. So having her win here would be important. And I feel like Ember Moon already has like built-in feuds against Asuka. There's easy stuff you can do with her and Sasha and her and Alexa Bliss or her and Charlotte. Like I think there's things that you can, because she's already wrestled some of them before. So she's probably the odd man out. Um, and then heading up, you know, to go against someone like Asuka, if Asuka has the title. If that makes sense, I guess. No, that's awesome. I would I would love to see that just because, I mean, continuing their feud going into Maine. I mean, they kind of established that on Rumble, even though they kind of, she no-sold her, uh, her whatever, the Eclipse. But I don't know. I really like that. I really like what you just laid down. I kind of, <laughs> I hope that it goes like that. And the one thing about NXT, a lot of times it does go the way it should. So let's keep on hoping for that. Uh, we got two matches that are, Chris, we know that they're not technically on the card, but they could be, and that's Roderick Strong versus Pete Dunn for the UK title. Somehow, between now and then, he gets um, a, a reason or, or to be able to go against Pete Dunn again for the title. And also, obviously, Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. This has to happen somewhere, maybe a weekend. What do you think about these two matches, potentially? My phone cut out. What was, what was the matches? Sorry. Oh, you're fine. Uh, uh, remember, these are not 100%. These are just speculation. But uh, Roderick Strong versus Pete Dunne for the UK title. Somehow he gets redemption and can go against him and challenge him again from whatever happens on NXT and then for Mania. And then also uh, with Tommaso Ciampa, who had a creepy segment on NXT. Really good job from him against Johnny Wrestling Gargano. Uh, has to happen somewhere at WrestleMania weekend. What do you think about those two matches? I think Gargano and Ciampa could happen on 205 Live. Or I, I still, I'm still so unsure of the 205 Live situation that I don't think that those two just end up there. They have that match as like a uh, pre-show match. But NXT, NXT TakeOver, finishing it where they started it, makes a lot of sense. So I definitely think you could see that match there. And that will probably be one of the matches of the night. Um, just those two working solo against each other will be a fucking barn burner. And then for the, uh, the, the other match you asked about, I, I think it'll be an okay match. Um, I'm just not a huge Roderick Strong fan. As, as much as I try to get behind him, I'm just not. <laughs> That's the one that I was talking about earlier. Where I was like, I think this makes sense to plug in like a Dolph Ziggler kind of have like a weird uh, mixed match where maybe you have a WWE star show up on NXT instead of the opposite. You know what I mean? Um, I think it'll be a fine match, but I'm not massive on it. You know, it's it'll be what it is. Roger Strong's a great wrestler. I'm just not a huge fan, man. I just, I don't know. It's not his ring work or anything. It's just like his charisma, his character. Is, it's never done anything for me, even going back to the Indies. I think is that why you like the comparison with him and Bret Hart when I made that because they're great technical wrestlers but their charisma kind of sucks ass and to some extent Bret definitely has more charisma than Roger Strong. Well, see the thing about Bret is at least Bret could be a good heel if he needed to be. 
Yeah. And Roderick Strong, I just don't think that he's like got any personality. Like, like Brett in Canada was huge, massive baby face, obviously, but like, like Brett versus Austin and that feud that the Hart family had with Austin and Sean and DX and stuff like that showed some like Brett can get there and be a character, and maybe Roderick Strong. That's what he was at the top. But yep. I definitely feel. Like, that comparison makes a whole hell of a lot of sense because Roderick Strong is a great fucking wrestler. I'm not not taking anything away from him in the ring. I just, when I see him, I'm just, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, a, God, who are we talking about? Drew McIntyre. It's just like, oh, okay, this dude. It's something about his face. <laughs> I get it. I completely get it. All right, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about, you know, before we go out, that weekend, me and you also have to watch an amazing Ring of Honor, uh, what is it, Supercard of Honor. Um, all right, so we know that it's probably going to be their normal roster. Uh, we're definitely getting Cody or Cody Rhodes versus Kenny Omega. And from Japan, Tanahashi, Abushi, and Ishii are all confirmed. Okada is rumored. Uh, how do you feel about this pay-per-view, and what's a match randomly you'd like to see? And also, obviously, Cody versus Omega. Who's going on top? Uh, Cody versus Cody versus Omega. Uh, if Cody doesn't have the title, I think Omega probably goes on top. Uh, as far as like a random match that I would like to see out of it, I would love to see Okada versus Jay Lethal, or Okada versus oh. uh, Jay Okada versus Jay Briscoe. I think those would be both very cool matches. Um, maybe Okada versus Dalton Castle would be fucking awesome too. Uh, champion Dalton versus Castle champion. Still there. Yeah, champion versus champion would probably make a lot of sense. Obviously, Okada's got to win that match. In my, I mean, if he's going to agree to wrestle there, Okada's got to pick up the win, even though it's a Ring of Honor show. In my opinion, it's like, yeah, but one of you guys are Okada, is Okada. Like, he hasn't lost. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like Don Cat. I love Don Castle. I think he's, I think he's fucking great. I like his character. He's really good in the ring. But like, yeah, but. One of one of these is fucking Okada, okay? Like, like Okada at this point shouldn't even agree to lose to like 2008 John Cena. Like, like Okada at this point should be like, if someone's gonna beat me, it's gotta be fucking important, like really important. If he didn't drop it to fucking Kenny, like whoever's fighting Okada, that's an immediate L. They're taking that L. Okada's gonna put him over, make them look good as fuck, but like they're taking an L on that match. <laughs> oh yeah, no, um, I, I agree. Like, I'm trying to think. Uh, Lethal and Briscoe would be my favorites to see against Okada because I think that would be the most entertaining. But Dalton Castle would be fun. Champion versus champion, uh, non-title match, similar to what we saw with Will Osprey with the junior title uh, versus you know the heavyweight title that we talked about earlier. But. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. All right, so between Cody and Kenny, Kenny should win. And this should really be an establishing point of what's going to go with the uh, Bullet Club after that, obviously. Um, Young Bucks got to go against someone. I'd love to see them against uh, fellow, uh, you know, uh, between Tamatanga and Tonga Row. I forgot what their names are. Grills of Destiny. Uh, you know, even though they're both Bullet Club, that would kind of add some more to that. I feel like we're going to get Jay White probably against Hangman Page for the title. I think Hangman Page either beat him or beat him up and was holding his title. I saw a picture of it. I should know that information. Apologize about that. Tanahashi 
him and Lethal, I just have that, that concept because I know Lethal's so gifted but also has that macho influence, and I think Tanahashi always reminds me of Steamboat, and I don't think he's trying to. So I'd love to see that. Kota Ibushi, someone in the Bullet Club, Marty Skrull, that would be fine. Um, Ishii against our dude, the uh, the Beer City Bruiser, man. That would be a fucking fun match. You wanted to have it, so let, let's have his dream match at the freaking Ring of Honor show. Um, and if they have Okada, I think champion champion would be great, but Jay Briscoe would be awesome as well. Uh, like, before we go, you, we got a couple more. Jay Briscoe versus Okada, just like the promos that Jay Briscoe would cut going into that versus the self-proclaimed Rainmaker would be fucking just enough to watch Ring of Honor for like four weeks. Um, I don't know that they'll yeah, go there out, but like. Jay Briscoe's fucking phenomenal. And then, like, Ishii versus Beer City Bruiser, that'd be awesome. I didn't even think about the lower card on this, but, like, what if you did something like Evil versus Beer City Bruiser? Oh! Like, yeah, dude. Hell yeah. I'm <laughs> down, man. This is going to be great, because think about it. We have the, the awards Friday night. Saturday night, this is going to happen. NXT. And then we also have the other one that we'll we'll have, like, a couple comments of. Uh, but yeah, this this is going to be awesome. It's basically going to be like New Japan versus uh, Ring of Honor, which we'll bring to the other pay per view, which I think is happening Friday night. That we don't know any of the matches. Impact Wrestling versus Lucha Underground. Now I know a lot of people have left Impact, Chris, but you saw potential here, like you know Abyss versus Mil Martez, because he's also also Judas Macias, El Macias, and that's supposed to be the brother of Abyss or whatever. So you can have those two monsters tangle. You still have Pentagon Jr. You can put him against like someone like Austin Aries. Uh, there's, there's lots of matches. Johnny Mundo obviously is going to be representing, I'm assuming, Lucha Underground because he's the champ still. Him going against someone big over there, uh, maybe champion for championship belt. I don't know who has it now currently, if Austin does or someone else is beating him for it. But you hear what I'm saying. Another match night. During that weekend, we're going to get a bunch of like dream matches potentially between those two companies. How do you feel about that? So a weird thing right now, I believe, on Pop, Aries is going against Mundo tonight. I don't know if it's for the title, but they definitely have a match tonight. So after this, you probably pop off and check that out. Um, our boy Johnny Mundo, fucking nice guy. So uh, check that shit out. But like Austin Aries versus Pentagon Jr. would be fucking phenomenal. Mundo versus the world at this point. Like, I, there's nothing I don't think that guy can do. Uh, he has proven yeah. himself time and time again after leaving WWE. I think he can kind of just go against anyone. I like your abyss, the, this concept you threw out there. I think that would be fucking really, really cool. Um, I just hope for some, like, kind of cool, like, tag matches. Maybe they bring some AAA guys to Lucha Underground. You do even some yeah. weirder shit where you get, like, you know, Mystico versus... Johnny Mundo or something like that, and they show that feud on TV, like or, or they tag or Ray together. Phoenix there, there's, and someone. Like, there's tons of stuff you can do, uh, like Rosemary versus any of the females in AAA or early Underground, other than Sexy Star for obvious reasons. I was about to say, <laughs> <laughs> Sexy Star, <laughs> no, nope. would, would be cool. Uh, by the way, there's a really awesome podcast. She sounds like the nicest person in the world. Like, she did a couple interviews after that, and she was completely humble and very nice about that, uh, a really terrible situation. So props to Rosemary. Are you talking about the Killing the Town one? With, uh, she did, like, Don three Callis or four. And, uh, Lance Storm? All of them. She she's was awesome. super sweet about that whole situation. I, I, I 
gained so much respect for her just as a person, not even as an athlete or a wrestler or performer, just as a person to be able to go through some bullshit like that that didn't even involve you and to come out the other end and be so positive is something the world in general lacks a lot of. So I gained a lot of respect for her. I agree. Well, I think that we can come to the conclusion, Chris, that all in all, that's going to be one hell of a wrestling weekend between, and I'm sure PWG is probably doing something. Everyone always does something WrestleMania weekend, but all the televised stuff between the Ring of Honor, basically versus New Japan, PBV, and then the friggin' the Lucha Underground versus Impact, and then NXT has a badass card, WrestleMania. Are we going to get through WrestleMania weekend, or is it just going to be all disappointing? And sad. It's not gonna be like that, right? I mean, WrestleMania weekend is gonna be fucking awesome. We get the Hall of Fame. We get to see Jeff Jarrett do a speech after his rehab, <laughs> which alone will be, <laughs> which alone will be entertaining. Hopefully, I guess Kurt Angle is gonna induct him. Is my guess. I have no fucking maybe Sting or Kurt Angle. Be I don't know about that. We're gonna see if we uh, if we take a trip down Dudleyville. Does uh, Spike and Big Dick show up to help induct him? I mean, there's a lot of entertaining things just on the Hall of Fame before we ever get to the wrestling. So I'm fucking stoked. This is one WrestleMania I wish I could go to because Ring of Honor versus New Japan is going to be fucking awesome. Takeover is going to be awesome. Your boy Ricochet All probably debuting against a bunch of incredible athletes for a title, which will probably be a ladder match. will be fucking incredible. Like, everything about this weekend is going to be awesome. It's just like I got to stock the fridge with enough beer and, uh, Make sure that I try to get some sleep in between. All right. Say goodbye to the good people, Chris. We're about to wrap it up. Good night, y'all. Have a great week. Thank you guys for listening. This is a great episode. I am. I have a chub now thinking about Mania Weekend, and I hope you guys have a wonderful night, and you also have chubs. The pins do big Peace out, guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.